Welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. Straight talking ideas to grow your business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. And before you listen on, please subscribe. Check us out on iTunes and uh, you can find us on the website as well. My name is Andrew Black and I am a trades troubleshooter. This is... I'm Georgia. I'm your design and brand guardian. And I'm John Lawley. I'm your web wizard. So today's episode is all about how to get in front of your ideal client. But before we go into that, before we answer that question, you guys work with a number of trades and before you could even think of getting them or helping them get in front of their ideal client, Mm -hmm. what are the main stumbling blocks or the main issues you see either with them personally, with their branding or with their business? Well, it's the the way they look, I think, for me. (laughs) Presentation. Yeah, no offense, everyone out there. I mean, obviously, I'm not dressed up to the nines right now. But I, I think it's, it's it's not necessarily how you look as a person as such. It's mainly how your business looks. Mm-hmm. And I think you know the first thing that a lot of people I work with, what happens is the process. Um, I know this great guy. He's going to be able to help you out with this. Wonderful. Okay, you go away. You research that person. You look online for that person, and then it's like, oh, oh. Oh dear. You know, there's no website or it's from, it's built on Wix or it's from a hundred years ago. Um, It doesn't work on a mobile phone, that kind of thing. There isn't a nice branding. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, I'm not seeing the values that I'm going to get from this business. Um, All I can see is it's just a little bit of an afterthought Mm -hmm. because I go out and do a job, which which is great, but it's, it's not selling to me if I don't know that person. It doesn't build trust. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to pick up the phone to them. And of course, in this ideal world, we'd like to think that people don't judge each other, but it's oh. kind of built in. You, you can't help yourself. Mate, we're, we're human beings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what happens, isn't it? You get about three seconds for yeah. someone. I mean, if you it take takes. it to a certain psychological yeah. level, apparently if you walk into a room and you don't know someone, you've got six seconds. Mm-hmm. You eye that person up as to whether you're going to be their friend, whether you identify with them, or whether you kind of you know want to take them out for a drink. Um, it kind of it goes in that kind of line. And once you've passed that barrier, then you kind of like get to know them. But you might have already been shut off then from getting to know them because they don't share the same values visually as you, mm-hmm. which is a shame because, you know, you could get on amazingly well with that person. Or they could yeah. be amazing at their job or an incredible technician. Completely. But to be fair, you can't put them in front of maybe 60, 70% of your own clients. It's one of those people when you have to introduce them and say, oh, by the way, this is... Uh, John, he's really good at this, but please excuse that. Completely. <laughs> yeah. You hate to have to do that. Yeah. It's the smell the or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Georgia, I mean, you obviously um, yeah. help trades grow massively through their social yeah. media branding. Um, do you see this yourself? So it's interesting. So what from what John said, it was almost like from a personal perspective in mm. terms of, you know, he's been recommended someone and when they're rocking up, then he's like sort of sussing them out straight away. I do this day in, day out, ideal clients. So my um, feedback on this is from very much a business perspective. And I think the biggest um, downfall that trades make is they try and target everyone. When you target everyone, you target no one. So Mm. part of sitting down and doing an an ideal client is working out who it is that you want to target. Um, And you can't please everybody, so you shouldn't try. Um, And then obviously that's going to be part of the ways of solution. But that's what I think is the biggest mistake that trades make. They try and target absolutely everybody. So they kind of, and also I suppose from a business perspective, mm-hmm. how that can backfire for a lot of people is they'll they'll say yes to almost every job. Mm-hmm. The knock-on effects, as we mentioned in a previous episode, means that you say yes to every job. You again not pleasing everyone. The quality yeah. goes down. You're not seeing your family. You're not happy. You're not returning the phone calls. Yeah. In an ideal world, we'd love to work for that particular type of client that looks a particular way, that pays a particular way. Absolutely. And absolutely yeah. no problem. But as you said, it starts and it does start with presentation. Yeah. Yeah. 
hundred percent. And I think one is, um, you know, literally your physical presentation or the vans, how tidy they are, how people turn up or how your staff turn up and so on and so forth. I mean, Pimlico plumbers are probably one of the most successful um, independent trades in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, they're based in London, but starting to spread up through sort of Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire now. And there's no rocket science at all. Every time you see a little bit of PR they do, a little bit of branding they do, everything's exactly the same. Mm -hmm. It's presentation and then it's communication. Mm -hmm. So now we've established that, Georgia, what's the next um, step or next phase that you go through with a client? Yeah, so it's literally my onboarding process, which basically, to put that in simple terms, is I'm going to work with you when we do this exercise or I'm not going to work with you at all. Until I've worked out with my client who their ideal client is, paying a designer, paying a marketer, paying anybody, quite frankly, web people, mm -hmm. it's all pointless. Because if I sit down with a plumber and he tells me, um, I want to actually only work in the commercial space. I only want to work with these kinds of um, property developers, et cetera, et cetera. How we target their, their design, their brand, the text, the copy, how the layout of a website goes, all needs to be geared towards what that commercial client wants to see. If that plumber sat down with me and said, I want to be known to be the man that loves boilers, domestic boilers, Everything we do around the design and brand is going to be completely different. So until we've sat down and with coaches like yourself worked out what area of my business is the most profitable, what area of my business do I really enjoy and want to grow, then that's, that's where you need to start. Until you've worked out your ideal client and have worked out a profile of who they are, their age, where they live, what brands they buy into, all of what me and John do essentially is you're just throwing money away if mm. you haven't done that to start with. It's it's the single most important thing you'll ever do in your business. I completely agree. I think that's it's just so important, isn't it? I mean, people, the, the downside, and you, we both see it a lot, I'm yeah. sure, is where someone comes to you and goes, oh, I need a website. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? Yeah. What have you thought this through? Um, no, I just need one. Everyone else has got one. I need one. Right, okay, well, what's he going to do? Oh, I don't know. It's just going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, fine. You know, right, okay, it's you know transaction, but it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you next level, is it? Because, you know, building that brand is just so important. You know, who, what, what's my price range? Who am I, who's the ideal client? What do I need to bring in to in order to make a profit on this? How much is my time worth, et cetera? All of that is so important to have really got that nailed down before you start going to the expense of, right, let's put this procedure in place, which is now mm -hmm. going to build my business. I mean, the majority of people I speak to have not thought about what they're putting aside each year as a marketing budget, mm -hmm. which is, you know, that's, that seems a bit insane to me yeah. because the marketing and the advertising you do behind your business is what gets you the inquiries mm -hmm. to make more money from. Absolutely. So why not take control of that and actually have a system in place? And that's where you see the successful business. And this is another big mistake, actually, off the back of what you just said. So um, I think businesses and trades, they tend to get shiny object syndrome. Well, my competitor plumber has just done this big website or my competitor plumber has just done this big billboard or my competitor plumber has just done this. Well, actually, even just because someone else is, you've got two plumbers, doesn't mean they have the same ideal client. Yeah, so yeah. what one person should be doing in a plumbing business is not what another company should be doing in a plumbing business. Because if one's targeting the commercial space and only working with certain property developers and one's targeting the boilers that we said in and around the local Hampstead area, what they should be doing will be completely different because their ideal clients are in different places and they need to be spoken to in a different way. So um, that would be... A mistake to try and avoid just because your competitor is doing something doesn't mean that you should be doing that either sit down review your ideal client talk to your marketing experts talk to your coach 
and, and make your own bespoke plan as to what's right for the clients you want and the work you want. I think you see that shiny ball syndrome quite a lot, especially in the, the visionaries of those businesses, yeah. because it's quite the fun bit having those ideas and creating yeah. even new products or new uh, services within your own business. Is, is a lot of fun but yeah. doing it for the wrong reasons as you just mm-hmm. mentioned is a complete and utter waste of money yeah. I suppose a lot of different people listen to this different sized businesses different people with different levels of experience and I suppose maybe sole traders might be in a position where they go oh well I'm just not at that position I don't need to think about that I mean what would you say to, to those guys versus guys that maybe have been established for 10-15 years oh the ladies first well, interestingly, just because a business has been established for 10, 15 years, a lot changes, right? Mm. Um, I'm sure with you, in year two was crazy different from year 10, like massively, like massively yeah. right? Ideal clients change constantly. As your business grows, um, you offer different services. Maybe you start um, not offering certain services because they're not profitable, you don't enjoy them. An ideal client exercise should be done regularly. Um, so it doesn't matter if the business is successful or not. Are they then successful in terms of like it comes back to does the business owner and the employees have enough time to be going home and spending a home with their families? How do we measure success? Okay, my business is turning over four million pounds. Excellent. But I don't get to see my wife or my kids and my marriage is on the verge of breakup. Is that successful? No, it's not. So to be looking at ideal clients and where the profit is is lying. So again, going back to you sitting with your coach and going through all those things, working with your marketing team, your designers, your web designers um, and reviewing and tweaking over time. Um, just because a business has, has been long-standing doesn't necessarily mean it's reached a success level that it could potentially have. And with you, John, when you're doing different websites, and I've, um, I've seen you doing for, again, businesses that are established or maybe a little bit bigger, but the sole traders as well, how different is it the mindset in terms of you working with both of those different types of clients in terms of those ideal clients? It can be very, and you, you can. It's, it's quite apparent the, the amount of thought or the thought processes that come in with, with different businesses, basically, and their different scale and where they are at with their business. Um, I thought it was some really brilliant points you started to talk about with, um, you know, with, with coming back to things and refreshing things. I mean, I've, I've been in business myself for over five years now, and the offering that I was giving, you know, in year one, is completely different, mm-hmm. almost, to what I'm doing, offering in, yeah. in, in year five. And that's just, that's just a short period of time, basically, in one business, and how it evolves during that time. Um, you know, the, the best websites and best companies I find to work with are companies that are constantly reassessing. How do we get into a new area? How do we get into a new market? Even if you take down to the basics of a website, a website is something that is a living and growing entity, if you like. It's not, right, I've spent six months getting this website together, bosh, it's done for another two years. It's how do I use this as a tool to create more inquiries, to create more business? And it constantly changes. So we often try and engineer a website so that you know, the people in the business have a lot of control over it mm-hmm. and can start to add new pages, run a new campaign, build things out as big as they need to, because that's, it's part as a tool to grow the business with, and it's part of that business. Do you guys find that as ideal clients change that the actual brand itself ends up being tweaked or developed at all? Absolutely. Because again, um, I get this quite a lot where I'm um, working with trades companies that often start in the domestic arena and then they want to break into the commercial space, like sort of big time. That brand that they had that carried them this far has been excellent for the journey this far. Mm. But to then go next level, the, the, the high-end property developers and architects, they expect to see a brand that's aligned with their brand. So it's going to be different. 
Not always. That's the whole the whole point of sitting down again and reviewing the ideal client and then reviewing and auditing all the all the marketing materials and design and brand you currently have and thinking, right, is this what John Smith Architects, who has um, you know, five different um branches across central London, um, is gonna wanna see and expect from us as a trades company because when trades are going in on these jobs they're representing the people that are bringing them in and if they've got a really high-end client they're going to expect their suppliers and subbies to sit to that level as well as a bare minimum so um absolutely it would need to be reviewed and as any any diff any change in the business naturally then will always have a knock-on effect right whether it's in the marketing space whether it's in your financial and your admin etc mm -hmm. so you always have to look at the ripple effect I mean, how do you feel, Andrew? Because the people that you talk to, do they just see marketing as an additional cost? Mm. Oh, I need to change this. <clears throat> oh, it's a cost. Don't want to do it. I think it's a lot of tradespeople, and it's something that we spoke about before, whether they've become a tradesperson straight from school and they've taken on as, as an apprenticeship and now have developed it into a business, or if they've got it into it, into it in later life, which is what happened with me, I still think marketing is kind of like secondary. Mm -hmm. it's you start operating word of mouth happens or you join something like BNI you get those referrals you have a one page website and you, you're busy enough but then to take it to the next level it's all around, almost a complete mindset shift to then want to spend some money on marketing whether it's a new website whether it's social media paper etc etc whatever's relevant for your target market so it's so difficult to kind of change that mindset one for to get them off the tools but two to go right well to maintain you now as a cost off of those tools, you have to have some sort of monthly marketing spend in order to keep your guys busy whilst you can then convert that marketing into actual sales. Um, so it, it's ongoing. Mine's normally always mindset working with those guys and just kind of saying, look, marketing pretty much comes first. If there's no business, there's no business. Simple as that. Yeah. Wise words. Very wise. <laughs> <laughs> It's a case of as well. The way I, when I speak to my clients about it, is that um, they'll think, okay, I've got a website in place and I've got a logo. It does me fine, whatever else. But actually, if you're not doing it right, you're you're pushing away potential clients, the yeah. kind of ideal clients you want. It's a reverse you're effect. Do, you're having a reverse effect. effect. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's why with startups, just to come back to what you asked earlier as well, some a tip I kind of give to the startup companies um, is that rather than just even plowing money into something you think will just do for now, you're actually spending twice because if you're trying to save up for that designer and that web developer yeah. to get the, the, the all singing, all dancing site you want, but you're going to pay half that amount for now to someone else because they can do it that bit cheaper, you're doubling up on your spend. Like, yeah. And also you could be like setting your own brand a lot lower than it should be. And to be honest, like um, rectifying a, a brand from that's not to the standards it should be is harder than starting one especially if there's already online reviews now exactly so um uh, yeah so avoid that, vista prints guys <laughs> <laughs> because you don't want to look like the guy down the road that has the horrific with the same, reputation same online yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the bad reviews and he managed to go online and do a logo that's exactly like yours because uh, so in order yeah. to get in front of your ideal client we've spoke there about kind of brand we spoke about also in terms of saving money and getting it right mm -hmm. But it all starts on being very specific in terms of where you want to go as a business and therefore the type of customers that you want. Mm -hmm. So whether you've got a good opportunity or you've got a good trade or there's a good proposition ahead of you, just pick up the phone, just reach out, just talk to somebody first, mm -hmm. especially these guys. Determine exactly what the look, feel, and not just that, probably most importantly, which we haven't mentioned, is the emotional experience 
those customers get with these mm-hmm. trades guys. Oh, emotion is, yeah, yeah well, it's one of the strongest impulses. We're all, we're all animals at heart. Um, but, you know, that, that emotion linked to a sale means you're almost past price. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I need that. I don't care how much it is. Yeah. I yeah. want that sparkly iPhone. It's a thousand pounds. I'm going to have it. I want it. And you have actually got an iPhone. Yeah, it's sparkly. So, yeah, I've got a lot of Apple products. Yeah. Well, that's what brand is. It's what do, you, what do we see, think and feel when we look at a brand? Look at Apple, look at Sky, look at Nike. You know, we all have like these perceptions that are conjured up when we um, do these things. And with your branding and all your marketing, to be honest, it's doing 80% of the work for you when you're not there. Like if it's positioned right, mm. and then when you rock up to that front door or to that person's office space and you look the part and you sound the part and then you give them a cost that maybe it might be a little bit more expensive than they were hoping. But if everything else has ticked the box, it's justifying why you're worth that, that value. So. 100% agree. And that's exactly where you have companies, as I mentioned before, like Pimlico, who are the most expensive in the market. Mm. But because the brand is right and because the reputation is right, the target client that they want and are going for, they will go back to time and time again. The type of client that they're not targeting will always say, well, they're too expensive. Mm -hmm. They're not their customer either. So don't worry about it. It's absolutely fine. Um, Fine. Well, look, just to kind of wrap this one up, is there one little final bit of advice you want to give in terms of how to get um, trades in front of their ideal clients? What do you want to leave the listeners with or viewers with? That's a very good point. Well, I think it's, it's be... Give it more thought. Don't, don't dive into anything quickly. Don't make any decisions quickly. Speak to an expert first. Mm-hmm. If I need someone to fix my boiler, I speak to an expert. Mm-hmm. I don't go tinkering around with it by myself. <laughs> it can lead to massive problems. <laughs> Experts are there for a reason and use them. Mm-hmm. Georgia? And off the back of that, realise that you can't target everybody. Well, you can try, but you'll fail. Um, so yeah, use an expert, sit down. And even if, even if you aren't at a stage where you feel you can sit down with an expert just yet, Sit down yourself with a piece of paper and pen, old school, or the iPad if you're under 40, I don't know, um, and just write down, you know, what's the, the demographic of someone you are after, male or female, age, where they live, what's their job, what brands do they buy, what car do they drive, what social media platform are they on, just these few things, writing these down, and then you can kind of review, well, actually, if they're always on Facebook, am I doing anything on Facebook? No, I'm not. There you go, there's one thing straight away that you can start reviewing. I suppose my one would be, um, depending on the type of job, the type of work, the location they're in, is no matter how new you are to the trade or to the business, is don't say yes to everything. You know, just, okay. just think about exactly what it is. And, and you know, by you taking on something uh, that maybe technically is not your bread and butter work, you could end up causing more damage and therefore affecting your reputation and therefore affecting your brand. Um, so look, as I mentioned at the beginning, please subscribe. Um, please follow us. If you've enjoyed this, please leave a review and we will see you on the next one. Thank you. That's all for this time. But don't worry, we'll be back with more soon. Stay tuned for new episodes at marketingsimplified.co.uk.